This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Hello and welcome into New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. I'm Ben George. He's Ted Alatsis over at the Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. You can find them online, alatsislawfirm.com. Ted, we got another mailbag episode. I know uh, we get a lot of feedback on the show. I, I know you appreciate answering the questions, but I know it's always valuable because we're, we're able to cover a different, a, a kind of a range of topics. So if somebody's not interested in something specifically, hopefully over the course of a mailbag episode, we can answer some questions and touch on something they've been thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think the mailbag questions are, are great and, you know, keep them coming. Yeah, definitely. You can always connect with us, alatsislawfirm.com to send those in. I'm going to start off a little uh, a meatball, I guess, here, softball for you before we get into our, our hard-hitting questions. But a little getting to know you. Uh, I know you, you spend a lot of time in the office and you got some a lot of time maybe in traffic around New York. So how, when you actually get home, how do you actually relax after a long day? Well, I mean, hopefully I'm, I'm home early enough to, to catch a good ball game. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Yankees fan. So, you know, if, if the Yankees are on, I'm certainly, you know, sitting, kicking back on uh, my lounge chair, watching, watching the Yankees, maybe having a little ice cold lemonade or something like that. You know, that's pretty good for the summer, summer months. But uh, and in the winter, you know, winter months, I'm, you know, maybe I'm uh, hanging out in the backyard a little bit if it's, if it's uh, you know, warm enough you know, maybe uh, with a little cigar or something like that um, before the sun comes down or if the sun's already down, maybe, uh, you know, just after sun uh, sunset, you know, doing that a little bit. Um, occasionally, maybe catch up with some reading or, you know, TV show I haven't seen in a while or something like that, or, you know, kind of a, you know, maybe a, a good comedy or something like that, get just to get my mind off things. So those are typically the, the types of things I do to to just chill, as we say. Well, you probably had a, a pretty nice little uh, last couple of months following the Yankees as they've gotten off to a pretty, pretty uh, scorching start. Uh, so far, so so far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> been a good start to the year. I know a lot of like, Yankees fans around New York yeah, and Mets fans. The Mets have been also really good as well this year. So. The, Met, the Mets have been great too. And, uh, you know, Jacob Rupert, who used to own the Yankees in the 1920s, said a good day at the ballpark uh, started with the Yankees scoring nine runs in the first and then slowly pulling away. So, you know, that's... <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right. So we got a mailbag edition today. Again, we'll, we take it, take your questions. So if you have anything that you want to run by Ted and get some thoughts on anything on your mind that you're curious about, you can always send it into us through the website, but also jot down this number. You can always call Alasis Law Firm as well and, t- and speak with them directly and talk about your specific situation. That number 718-233-2903. All right. Let's lead off uh, with Lydia here. Says my own parents are the most involved with our children right now. However, my parents would be rather old when the children are old enough to be out on their own. So should we choose the best guardians for right now, or should we pick the best guardians for down the road? It's a good question. That is an excellent question. And it's, and it's one of the most difficult questions um, that we have to answer, right? Because at the end of the day, what you want from a guardian is someone who not only has enough of a rapport with the children so that um, their authority and their relationship with the children can be respected by the children themselves, but also has a sense of responsibility and understanding of what yours and your, your spouse's um, ethics and um, desires are with regards to raising the children. And certainly your own parents are a great example of that. And generally speaking, they're going to have a really good relationship, hopefully, with, with the children you know, for when they're really, really young and as they get older. I think it's important to kind of balance 
you know, how old the kids are with how old you are and how old your parents are in this scenario. Um, Lydia, if, you, if your parents are, you know, exceedingly mature and, um, you know, incapable of, of handling things for themselves, and then, you know, maybe they're not the right selection to be the primary guardians, but they can certainly be involved. And, uh, you know, there was a book, you know, a couple of decades ago, it's, it takes a it takes a village, right, to raise children. So at the end of the day, you know, having having as many people involved, you know, certainly is helpful uh, as possible, right? So, you know, getting getting that involvement is great. So I think I would I would personally recommend, you know, selecting who who it is that you feel is appropriate for now, um, with the idea that there's going to possibly be some changes to that as as you grow older and as your children grow. Older. Is that something people change uh, very much the years? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I would say of 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 all the fiduciaries, I think the guardians are are generally the ones that are changed the most because, you know, it, so a lot of different things can change that dynamic, right? So divorce is one of them, right? They could be you know one set of parents that you know both of them agree, both parties agree or both parents agree on as as being you know the appropriate fit, and then and then suddenly there's a divorce, and now that you know the parties have a completely different different mindset, right? So so that's a that's a major factor age, um, a, a, an enormous factor in, in the consideration and, and financial ability um, as well, right? So, so all, all of those things make a big difference, right? So like I said, it's important that whoever it is that you're selecting in that role, you know, has an established relationship with the child or children um, so that, you know, it, it more natural um, should, should that, uh, you know, disastrous uh, consequence occur. Yeah, because it seems like something that you could obviously spend a lot of time thinking through and trying to make sure you get right. But knowing that, hey, it can change down the road, it's almost better to make sure you get somebody down rather than worrying about, do I have the exact right person for forever? Right. And and one of the things that we always forget about in this in this analysis is, you know, just because one person or persons may be the guardians, there may be other ways to, to kind of uh, check that, right? Or at least to to assist that by having a trustee manage the financial aspects of the um, raising of the children and have the guardians who are separate from the trustees, right? So, so there's lots of different ways where you can get a lot of people involved, have a lot of, you know, supervision and, and involvement so that, you know, it becomes a more natural um, and, a, and a more stable environment. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it takes us into our next question that came in from Charles kind of along the same uh, line of thinking here. He says, my wife's sister and her husband will be the guardians for our children, but they are terrible with finances. Are we allowed to pick someone else to manage the money, even though they are the guardians? Would that make things harder? So you mentioned the trustee that kind of set up. So can you take us into some detail on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, generally speaking, what, what you want to do is make sure that there's someone who has legal authority for the children. That would be the guardians. And that'd be the person who's responsible for raising the children, um, persons, person or persons. Uh, and then the trustee would be handling the financial affairs. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's easy and you, you can trust, you know, the, the guardians to be the, the persons who manage the finances as well. But sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it isn't so easy. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be very overwhelming. Right. So, you know, having a trustee who is different from your guardians, you know, makes a lot of sense in those scenarios. And again, offers that additional guidance, sort of has the ability to create a sort of a committee um, so that, you know, if the guardian is overwhelmed with, you know, some of the legal decisions, the financial decisions don't, don't overwhelm him or her even more, 
um, and they can work together, right? Sort of work as a team to to help raise uh, raise a child. All right, great question, Charles. Hopefully that helps you out there as well. I got one more. This one uh, from Ruth. Ruth says, I am one of five children. There's always been some animosity between the siblings. My parents' health is failing. And I know they have a plan put together, but I have no idea what it says or who is in charge. Would it be a good idea to have a family meeting? I would like to know what's coming so I can mentally prepare. Mm. Wow, that is a great question, right? So, so you know, the, one of the things that, you know, people want to try to do with estate planning is kind of avoid arguments when they're gone, right? So there's, there's you know, a school of thought that basically says you can avoid arguments when you're gone by having the arguments while you're alive. Um, so you, <laughs> you know, you, you're kind of, you're kind of uh, put in that uh, very uh, complicated scenario. Um, you know, I, I certainly think that, you know, overall, the comfort level of having family discussions is really uh, dependent upon the message or messaging that's coming from the parents who are making the decisions. If the parents are uncomfortable having those conversations, it's going to be very difficult to do that in a comfortable way when a, one of the children is pushing it. So, you know, there has to be a, a, a real dialogue between members of the family with the parents so that you know, some of these wishes and some of these intentions can be made clear. Now, um, parents parents are often in a very difficult spot, especially if they're not necessarily dividing everything in what, you know, some somebody may consider an equal fashion. And I think we've talked about this, you know, before that equal isn't necessarily fair. So it's a, it's a tough call. I always, I always prefer to err on the side of communication um, because it does clear up misunderstandings later. Um, and if a conversation can be had in a respectful way, then it should be had. But if it's just going to lead to more animosity and more enmity, um, you know, probably avoiding the conversation or not instigating the conversation may be the way to go. Uh, again, I think it falls on parents having that conversation in a, in a manner that you know befits the family dynamic. Is there any way to find out if you are one of the fiduciaries? chosen uh, without getting that information directly from the person who has the estate plan? Like if I, if, if I was no. chosen to be a guardian, could I ask you if I knew you were the, the estate planning attorney for a friend of mine and get a yes or no answer from you? Is that something like that possible? No. So okay. the, 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 the answer is without authority from the person who would be my client. And in that instance, the person who's making the estate plan or, or who's doing the estate plan without authorization, I would not be permitted to communicate that information to okay. to someone. Yeah, so no. Okay, good to know. Communication is key. And and also I'll point you to our last episode because we get into communication quite a bit on that about what you should be telling these different fiduciaries and making sure that they are in the loop. What you should be telling them, what's too much, what's the key information. So kind of all ties into this, this set of mailbag questions we got today. But make sure you check that out after this episode's done. And please also subscribe to the show as well. If you have any questions for us that you'd like to answer on the show, you can always send them in. AlatsisLawFirm.com is the website. You can also listen to podcasts, get a lot of other resources around estate planning, and also schedule a meeting directly through the website. But if you'd prefer to call, you can always do that. 718-233-2903. All right, Ted, great, uh, great conversation as always, and always good to hear from people and the questions they have. These are great circumstances and scenarios, and I know that um, we'll often find ourselves in similar positions, so it's always good to kind of hear how these things play out. 
Yes, absolutely, Ben. Terrific uh, conversation as always. And keep those uh, questions coming. Thank you for listening to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program for Ted Alatsis. I am Ben George. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.